welcome. Welcome to the 360 Diaspora Experience, where we talk about family, faith, and finance. This is the show where we help you to build mindset for legacy for your family, generational wealth. My name is KG Oguleye. Today, we're talking about estate planning, and I'm talking to an expert in estate planning, Suren Adams. Suren, introduce yourself. Hello. Thank you for having me today. As Keiji said, I'm Seren Adams, an attorney here in Maryland. I also practice in D.C. Our offices are located in Bowie, Maryland, and I've been doing this for about 18 years now. Um, estate planning is one of my passions. It's an area that I just love to talk about. Um, there's so many misconceptions out there, so we love to dispel those <laughs> myths and uh, really educate the public on what is needed in terms of estate planning. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, you know, like you said, there's a, a lot of myths out there. You read on the news, a celebrity died and people are, you know, fighting over will and, you know, stuff like that. But for a, just a regular Joe, do we really need estate planning? I mean, for a regular Joe, do we need that? Definitely. I mean, what I recommend is that as soon as you are 18, you need some sort of an estate plan. So every adult needs some sort of estate plan. Um, for mm. the kids that you're sending off to college, a power mm. of attorney and an advanced healthcare directive are needed. Um, otherwise, you really can't even get any healthcare information if something happens to them. So having those things in place and being able to designate who you want in charge of your finances, if you're incapacitated, if you're injured, if you're ill. Um, and we've seen these things so highlighted with COVID and the pandemic, just how important these documents are to have, um, because you can really just have a mess without them. Wow. You said at 18 years old, you still mm -hmm. start doing estate planning. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, they may not have any money, but uh -huh. estate planning is not just about the money that we're leaving. It really is about how to make things simple for your loved ones if you can't be here um, or okay. if you're incapacitated and making things as easy as possible for those around you. Really, you do estate planning for your loved ones. It's not for yourself. Um, but mm -hmm. those initial documents at 18, it really is to help uh, make sure that you're designating who you want in charge of things and that your wishes are being carried out. So it is a little <laughs> focused on self at 18, but yeah. beyond that, it's definitely focused on your family and loved ones. Okay, okay. So, you know, one of the questions that I have from my audience is, somebody asked a question. I mean, you answered it, but let's say, say, I don't have much. I have a house with a mortgage, a car paid off, 401k insurance. Do I still need estate planning? Definitely, yes. So one of the two criteria that I have for if people need a higher level estate plan than the 18 year old is if they have a house. Um, okay. So the house itself, like for example, if you live in Maryland, there is no way to transfer that house after the owners that are listed on the deed pass away outside of going through that probate process that uh, most people have heard about probate. They don't know exactly what it is, um, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a court process that's administered by a judge and they have to have that in place to make sure that your wishes are carried out if you have a will but even if you don't have a will that the court basically will use the state's law the mm -hmm. intestacy laws to determine how assets get distributed so 
Ah. As you can expect, a court process is costly. It delays the distribution of assets and it's public. And that's why we know about all these celebrities that don't have an estate plan or have a poor estate plan. Mm -hmm. We know all about what's going on in their estates. So um, to avoid all of that, you need a trust. And so with just the simple assets that you just mentioned, a house, a car, retirement account, bank account, if you have that, you definitely need Mm -hmm. an estate plan and not just a will, um, but you need a trust. Oh, okay. So let's, you know, you know, we're doing two shows, right? Because I want to talk about this now and then we're going to talk about trust because as a realtor, I see mm-hmm. a lot of houses that are on trust. Like, oh, why are they putting on trust? But let, before we get there, let me finish with this one. Okay. So yeah. that's the first question. So the second one said, I'm a millennial. I mean, like I'm not dying tomorrow, married with two small children, have retirement account, have a house only in my name. You know, the couple only have one the house in one person's name. Savings mm-hmm. accounts, do they need an estate planning? So what happens if the person that the house is in their name died? Like uh, they mm-hmm. assume the other person is just gonna get everything, right? That's what most couples assume, and that is not the case. If you don't have any kind of estate plan in place, that is not what happens. So, like I mentioned mm. before. If you don't have a will or if you don't have a trust and you end up passing away, the state, the court will basically look to the state's laws, the intestacy laws. So the legislature has already said, if this happens in the state, here's here's how we're going to separate these assets. So in Maryland, in this Uh scenario, if you have a Mm -hmm. spouse and small children, the spouse Mm -hmm. actually gets 50% of the estate and the children get the other 50%. And what that really translates (laughs) into is that your kids get a custodial account set up and at 18 they inherit that entire portion of the estate that was put into that custodial account and if you think back to when you were 18 that's probably the worst possible time wow yeah money you end up blowing it and it's basically your friends who are spending that money not you (laughs) and Mm -hmm. spending it on stuff that was never intended so really having something in writing um, that's where just having a basic plan is really important. But mm-hmm. beyond that, if you really want to protect things for your family, you get a more um, robust plan. But something is better, <laughs> much better than, than nothing. nothing. With nothing, mm-hmm. you get the state's plan. And that's usually not what people intend. Most people are wanting their spouse to get everything so they can take care of the family and do what needs to be done. Um, but that's not how the state has it set up. So in order to oh. protect against that, you have to have um, something in place to say what your wishes are, something that's legally binding and enforceable in Maryland. Oh, okay. 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 So <laughs> the couple don't automatically inherit everything. It goes they straight don't up. automatically okay. inherit everything. And having the kids is the other criteria that we look for for doing that next level estate planning. So yeah, mm-hmm. that scenario actually is exactly where most people find themselves. Um, and if you end up in that probate process, a good estimation of the cost of that is about three to five percent of the estate size. So if you're looking at oh, say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, three to five percent. <laughs> yes, three to and five percent of the estate. Of the estate. So in Maryland, if you're looking at say a five hundred thousand dollar estate, mm-hmm. that's about twenty thousand dollars in cost in terms of probate, and that's money that's not going to your family. Um, it's, it's 
being used up for things like commissions for the personal representative, the attorney's fees, appraisal costs, uh, court costs, all sorts of costs that are outside of what you're intending it to have go to. And again, all of that can be completely avoided with the right kind of estate plan. Wow. Wow. That is costly. Whoa. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's another question. We are baby boomers with grown children. They are doing okay. Our house is paid off, have retirement accounts, two cars. We have a written will. Is that not enough? Not if you want to avoid probate. So in that scenario, and that's, I think, where a lot of people find themselves when they have, you know, acquired some things and they've paid off some things and their kids are getting older. Most people have gotten something put in place. Um, they've gone online or done something that, you know, at least they, they think they have something put in place. Um, mm -hmm. Those types of estate plans are usually somewhat dangerous <laughs> because if you're doing it online or doing it by yourself, you don't know mm -hmm. what you don't know. So you yes. can have set your family up for this big mess after you're gone and can't fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and in those scenarios, the scenario you're talking about where somebody is a paid off home and um, these assets that they've worked for years to acquire and to pay off and so forth, all the more reason to make sure that that is protected in the best way possible. And if you then are looking at older kids who are going to get married you know, soon and, and have their own kids, if anything happens in their life, like with their spouse, if they get a divorce, if they have a lawsuit from a you know car accident where insurance doesn't cover it or a tax issue, creditor issue, you can actually set up an estate plan that protects what you're leaving for them from their creditors. So oh. it really becomes a situation where you want to make sure that what you've worked so hard for is protected in the best way possible and ends up going okay. to you want it to go to and the way you want it to go to them. Um, so oh. yeah, a will won't accomplish any of that. Um, mm -hmm. It basically does a simple distribution after death, after the probate process is completed, and you can't put, you know, staggered distributions, you can't have asset protection built in. Um, so all of those things are kind of subject to whatever's going on in the person's life that's inheriting. If you just have a will. You just had a will. Oh, just had a will. Wow. Okay. 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 So you, you know, you've talked about uh, probate and, you know, Maryland and uh, the fees to probate. So if someone dies today in Maryland without a will mm -hmm. and they have all the assets, what will happen? So what happens is you open up a probate estate and right now the probate um, courts are very behind. The Register of Wills offices have seen a lot of issues due to the pandemic with delays and turnover in staff. So um, at least here in PG County, we are really, really behind in terms of when you file an estate, getting it opened is taking weeks at this point. Um, so after that initial process of just getting the estate open, there's a minimum of six months that the estate has to stay open without anything being really done. Because six of months? Mm-hmm a waiting period where creditors can file claims. It's basically an invitation to the world to either contest <laughs> your estate plan or file claims against your estate plan. <laughs> so wow. it's not a process you want to invite in if you don't have to. Um, mm -hmm. After that six-month time period, 
that's when in our office we start to work on closing out estates because we try to do that as quickly as possible and have things distributed as quickly as possible. Um, so it's a minimum in Maryland of seven months to have um, a probate estate open and most estates really take about 12 months to fully administer. Um, but minimum of seven months and most are about 12 months, but that process is time consuming. It's stressful. A lot of the personal representatives that we meet with, they feel like if they're family members, they feel like they have to put on hold their grief and their process mm, until yeah. all the paperwork is done, which is the most unfortunate thing to me because really it just delays this process that you should be going through. Um, when you feel like I can't deal with those emotions until all this paperwork is done, you then find yourself a year later freshly going through all of this. All of the emotions, um, so wow. All of the emotions, all of the grief. And so it's really, really difficult on families. Um, and the costly aspect of it is, is frustrating because, again, it can be completely avoided. You don't That's have to go avoided. through those costs um, if you have the proper estate plan in place. And, you know, yeah. the fact that it's public is something I think a lot of people don't really think through the effects of that. Um, anyone can go to the Register of Wills office and get access to an estate file and see who the beneficiaries <laughs> like any are. Any Joe Blow on the streets can do that. And any predatory individual can do that. And they find out who the beneficiaries are, their contact information, what they're inheriting, when they're inheriting, and they target certain families, usually families um, the benefit where the beneficiaries are children yes. or elderly widows. Those are the you know main groups. But really, any estate is open to this uh, to predatory individuals filing false claims. Um, the reason they target those specific groups is it's unlikely that those individuals know exactly what the debts of the um, decedent, the person who passed away, what debts they owed. So they will essentially pay claims that may or may not be valid. Oh, so, you know, the wow. estate just keeps getting depleted and depleted and depleted. <laughs> um, oh my God! come to us after months of you know they haven't they didn't know what to do in the probate process and so now they're facing a foreclosure on a family home homes that wow. people have you know, spent their lifetime acquiring paying off Acquiring. struggling mm -hmm. to keep and then it gets lost in this process because family just you know they don't know how to go through the process correctly um so it, it it's a again an entirely for me it's one of the most frustrating parts of my practice mm -hmm. because it can be completely avoided. We provide avoided. that service to our clients, but we do not like probate at all. Those are the cases we really dislike because mm -hmm. the process itself is just completely avoidable. Wow. Is that the same process in D.C. as well? It's very similar in D.C. Um, the percentages are a little bit different based on the family structure, um, but essentially that half to spouse, half to the kids is if you have kids that are all the kids of the person who is surviving can be, you know, two thirds to the spouse and a third to the kids. If not all the kids are, um, if all of the kids are the kids of the surviving spouse, it, it varies a little bit, but mm -hmm. the gist of it is essentially the same. Um, wow. And the process is, you know, similar in terms of length and cost. So again, something to be avoided if you can avoid it. Ooh, so you just, I mean, I think we we'll know about this. So just having a written will and thinking you're doing something good is really not enough. 
it's not enough. It's kind of the bare minimum. That's, you know, one of the things that is the foundational document in an estate plan. Um, mm -hmm. But the more robust plan, the plan that really is going to protect your family is a trust plan that avoids the probate process altogether. Um, but the will, you want to have a will as part of the kind of the list of documents. But in addition to that, you have to have that power of attorney document to handle things while you're alive. If you become incapacitated, mm -hmm. the advanced healthcare directive so that if you're in the hospital from COVID and your family can't come into the hospital, that yeah. you have someone designated to receive information about your, your well-being and what's going on with you. Um, we've seen that a lot with the pandemic, that families are just kept completely in the dark because um, it used to be if you have a loved one who's in the hospital and ill, you find a nice nurse, even if you don't have these documents in place, and they hopefully on the side will tell you, you know, what's going on, what or going you can on. at least mm -hmm. see what's going on just because you're in the room with your loved one. But with COVID, you can't be in the room with your loved one. You don't know what so is going no one on. No on wow. any kind of documentation saying, here's the legally authorized person to get healthcare information. The family's completely in the dark. So mm. it's a really tough situation. And then at end of life, if you're facing a situation where you're about to pass away and doctors are keeping you alive by artificial means, they can go to any interested persons to find out what to do in terms of the consensus among your loved ones. So if you have any family members, any friends who disagree <laughs> with the consensus, that creates a whole scenario <laughs> where you are then in court trying to find out what to do. In um, court. So all of that can be, yeah, all of that can be avoided if you have an advance directive that says, you know, in your living will portion of the advance directive, here's what to do. If I'm in an end of life situation, either, you know, essentially pull the plug or keep me alive by all available means or keep me alive with just food and water, you can be designating what you want and your family is not left with all of this guilt, not knowing if they made the right decision or voting about what to do or going to court to decide if everyone can't come to a consensus. Um, but you want to avoid all of those scenarios for your family and just have things really spelled out and clear and simple and easy for them to follow. That's the goal um, really of estate planning is to make things simple and easy to follow for your family so that oh, they wow. can do what they're supposed to be doing at that moment, which is comforting each other, helping each other through the process, not you know worrying about paperwork. Woo. I am going to go on a break now. This is a lot, you know, like, whoa, you know, we talk about generational wealth on this podcast, but like you just said, now you can build the wealth and then without proper planning, everything is lost to fighting, yeah. to the cause and everything. So let's take a break. We'll come back. When you leave your business, do you leave the door unlocked? When facing legal matters in the business world, do not leave your business unprotected. There is help when it comes to business contracting, even collecting past due receivables from clients. An experienced attorney is critical to resolving disputes. Don't do it alone. At SJS Law Firm, their mission is to partner with clients to help them achieve the business of their dreams and plans with timely and strategic legal advice. Their legal counselors and advisors committed, providing individualized service that is tailored to the unique needs of your business. SJS Law Firm provides the legal support you need to move forward with confidence. Secure the knowledge that you have a legal team watching out for your best interests. Don't leave the door open. Call SJS Law Firm serving small business owners, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits. Profits. Call 202-505-5309. 
That's 202-505-5309. Or find them at the sjslawfirm.com. Are you looking for opportunity to build wealth? Are you looking for opportunity to create wealth for your family and the next generation? Hi, this is KG. I've been investing and helping others invest in real estate for the past 20 years. I've been a full-time realtor with Fairfax Realty in Greenbelt. I help buyers to buy a drinking home and sellers to sell their houses and investors to invest in real estate. So if you're looking to create generational wealth, to buy or sell real estate, email me at kej at metrohomesrealty.com. That's kg at metrohomesrealty.com. Let's connect so that I can give you my advice. We're back. So, you know, we're talking about making sure you have legacy, not only just building the wealth, but actually protecting it. So, Soren, you just said something. People, especially in our community, we don't want to talk about will. We don't want to talk about estate planning. What are the dangers of that? Yeah, we see this a lot. And it's sometimes even among a younger generation, but mostly among older generations, they don't want to talk about, number one, what they have. Um, they think if their family wants to know anything about that, that they want their stuff <laughs> or that they're causing it to happen if you talk about your death. And nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> I've never had that experience with a client of ours. Generally, what we mm-hmm. see is that our clients who plan, everything goes smoothly in their life. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see them for years because everything is in place. You just have a sense of, of peace of mind knowing that it's in place, first of all. Um, but what you want to make sure is that each generation, what I was mentioning to you offline, mm-hmm. is that each generation shouldn't be starting from scratch. If we don't have this list of what we can, mm-hmm. what our assets are, where to go to yeah. find this information and that information, this stuff gets lost. There is about mm-hmm. $16 billion billion in unclaimed yeah. funds. It's a Unclaimed? ridiculous amount in each each state has these accounts and it's because people have no idea what the people in their lives who have passed away, what they owned, what life insurance, what retirement accounts, what bank accounts, where they did all their banking, where they had this extra bank account. And that stuff gets lost when that person passed away because there's no list, they've never shared it. And their family is struggling to do, you know, GoFundMe to pay for their funeral. And oh, I hate that GoFundMe. Yeah can be completely avoided if you set things up in the proper way. You can still protect information and keep things confidential, but have them available for your family to access. And just making sure those things are in place ahead of time when things are calm and peaceful, (laughs) having those Mm -hmm. things put in place for your family and having those discussions. I mean, no one wants to talk about their death, but no. it brings mm-hmm. a sense of peace of mind to your family when they know that you've taken care of things, not just said, I've taken care of things and don't worry if anything happens to me, but actually done it and had just a frank conversation about here's where I'm storing this information. Here's who you call. Here's the, you know, X, Y, Z of what is going on. And it brings a sense of peace to a family when that, that kind of stuff has happened. Yeah. 
So you mentioned something. <laughs> like I said, people don't want to talk about will. Like, am I going to die? Do you want to kill mm-hmm. me? But you said uh, all the clients that you've done before, nobody has died because we talk about it, right? <laughs> right. That we, of course, have had, you know, clients who are facing a terminal condition, who are doing estate planning and eventually mm-hmm. do pathway. But I've never had a family come in and because we're doing planning, all of a sudden something catastrophic <laughs> mysteriously happens to the family. It's the complete opposite. That just doesn't, it's not my experience. And I've been doing this for 18 years. So mm-hmm. it's not something, it's an irrational <laughs> fear that we have. Thinking, that we I know. We're going to cause yeah. it to happen. That's just not the case. And it's, you know, other communities in, in this country, of course, know this and have plans in place and don't lose money to probate. And, mm-hmm. you know, have generational wealth that's being passed on and passed on. They have this, you know, trust it's account that they're pulling from mm-hmm. for school and that they're pulling from to buy their first home and start mm-hmm. their business and all of these things. And that can certainly be in our community, too. Ooh. So the other aspect is I'm a woman of faith. You're a woman of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I've talked to somebody like, well, I don't need will. God has everything. What What is that in estate planning? Well, I mean, I feel like we are being good stewards of our finances when we make good plans for the finances. If we just Uh let things get lost that we have been given um, from God to take care of, you're not being a good steward of those things. And Mm -hmm. just like, you know, being a good steward of your kids and all of those things, having even those documents in place, guardianship provisions, um, that's one of the big gaping holes in most estate plans is that we don't think about who is supposed to be in charge of our kids if we're incapacitated. Not even mm. talking about if we passed away. That, yes. of course, we need to designate. But what if mm. you just get into a car accident on date night and mm. both you and your spouse are in the hospital for months? Who's designated to legally have the authority to take care of your kids? What if in the midst mm-hmm. of that, your kid, your child breaks their arm? Who has legal authority to take them to the hospital to get that arm set and to give them medication? Mm-hmm. All of those things should be part of your estate plan and estate should be plan. you know, thought out, in place, have the proper people designated. They should have their pro- proper paperwork. The people in your family that you've named to be agents and you know doing whatever you need them to do all need to have their documentation and know where your original documents are. All of that should be part of your plan. A lot of, you know, firms don't even deal with that aspect. But to me, it's mm-hmm. one of the most important parts because most of us are planning for our kids. We want them to eventually have a better life than us. Yeah. Taking mm-hmm. care of if anything happens to us while they're young. And that is a key, key part of it is making sure guardianship documents are in place. In place. If you have uh, underage children. Woo. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is this is no joke. It's not just about having money, you know. It's about the total estate planning. It's not just about money. Yeah, yeah. It's about legacy. Is really what it mm-hmm. what it's about. And when you're doing that kind of planning, you're really you're planning for your family. You're taking care mm-hmm. of those things that um, we get insurance for to make sure that you know our house is covered if something happens, yes. our car is covered mm-hmm. if something happens. These are the kinds of things that you put in place to make sure your kids are covered if something happens um, yes. and, and that plans are in place. Okay. So you mentioned something too, before I round up, you mentioned something that just getting 
estate planning online or buying, uh, <laughs> you know, how, how you buy mm -hmm. will make a, that's not going to cut mm -hmm. it, right? Hmm, it's why? really dangerous. I find that every time we have um, somebody come in, we, we have two scenarios. Either people will come to us after having prepared that and they have this gnawing feeling that something is not quite right or they aren't sure mm -hmm. if they did it right. And that to me is your inner <laughs> guidance that you should always mm -hmm. follow. That gnawing feeling is almost 100% on track. There is some mm -hmm. little thing you just didn't know or some big thing that you mm -hmm. didn't know that was either missing, said incorrectly, that causes a massive issue. The other scenario we see is after that person has passed away and they had one mm -hmm. of these self-made, we even see people who've written like from hand their own wills and it creates yeah. such a mess. Saying wow. something in one way that you think is clear, but has a whole different legal um, connotation <laughs> or explanation, is wow. so dangerous and that then causes not just the regular probate process which in and of itself is what i already described is that process mm -hmm. but that causes a judicial probate process where the court literally supervises every aspect and has a hearing about every aspect of the estate and that is way more costly way more time consuming because there's something wrong with the documents that were prepared it happens oh, time and time goodness. again because you don't know what you don't know. There's a reason that it takes three to four years to get through law school. <laughs> there's exactly, a reason that exactly. there's continuing legal education for lawyers and that we keep mm -hmm. learning things because the law changes, the law is complex, and one word can have multiple meanings <laughs> and really change the outcome of a distribution of who is in charge of all sorts of things. So those plans are super dangerous. I always, and what's funny, I started my career on those documents because my sister, mm -hmm. when I was in law school, went and did one of those online wills. And I was so impressed mm -hmm. with her. I was like, I can't believe you have all this stuff together. <laughs> uh -huh. um, she had her kids first and she had this stuff all together. And she had me signing off on this, that, and the other. And after I took my first estate planning course in law school, I, every single week, there was another thing on that document we had prepared that was, that wrong. was completely wrong and not just wrong, but would have caused such issues. And by the end of the course, I was petrified. I never thought I would do estate planning until I learned how to do it correctly and learned mm -hmm. what a powerful tool it is. But when I took that mm -hmm. class, I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you can ruin people's lives with the wrong right. documents. Because wow. We just wow. Don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. Woo. Ooh, thank you, Soren. So, guys, I'm coming back Pleasure. again with her. She's going to talk about trust, right? We're going to do that. So, Soren, yeah. if anybody wants to get in touch with you, please drop your contacts right now. Yes, our phone number at the office is 301-805-5892. You can also get in touch with us online at adamslawoffice.com. You can set appointments online. We have webinars that we do all the time on um, estate planning. You can get uh, a link to the webinars there and also set appointments there and get more information about my firm and my team. And we would love to speak with you. It's, it's our passion area. Everyone here loves estate planning, and I can't wait to talk mm -hmm. about trust. That's my favorite topic <laughs> because okay. it really it resolves so many of the issues that come up. 
um, that we just went over. And so mm-hmm. I love talking about that. Okay. Okay. Ooh, thank you. Thank you for taking your time to come out today to listen My to this. Pleasure. This is the podcast experience. It is our prayer and commitment to support you viewers as you build legacy for your family. So if you'd like to contact me, KG, do so at KG at MetroHomesRealtor.com. And don't forget to check out my website at MetroHomesRealtor.com. Until next time that I'm going to have Seren again, have a wonderful day.